It was at this moment that he knew. Damn, son, where'd you find this? So just do it! Make your dreams come true! Just do it! You are now listening to the world's most popular, inaccurate, and sometimes squirreled retelling of pop culture history. It's Podcast 42 on the Podfix Network. It's fiddling with things. Hey. What? Don't say I'm fiddling with things. You are fiddling with things. Fiddling about. Fiddling about. <laughs> well, we have to fiddle because... We're not recording. Uh, yes, he is. Two hours of Zelda down the drain. Ah, yes, I heard. Two long hours. Yes. Of Zelda. I well, can't wait to do it again. I'm not surprised it was that long. <laughs> I mean, who talks for two hours about one thing? And not the whole Zelda universe, but one Zelda game. game. I kept. I felt to like I played the game by the time we were done. <laughs> well, at least up until we got to the trees. That's as far as we got, is to the trees. Oh my gosh, what? Yeah, I heard that's in the first 15 minutes of the game. Yeah, I don't think we ever talked about anything past that. Oh. Now you know for next time. Well, hey, listen. <laughs> okay. Hey, listen. listen. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw that in tonight's script somewhere. Hey, don't, don't spoil it. <laughs> hey, listen. Speaking of listening... It's time for Podcast 42. I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fassone. JL Shrews. And I'm Laura. And tonight we are uh, doing Laura's topic, which is the director, actor, believe it or not, Tim Burton. Yay, I believe actor. it. Actor? Yeah. Surprisingly, director slash actor. You will learn more later. But right now, let's open up JL's beer cooler. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you think. JL Beer Cooler, it's cooler than you drink. It's cooler than you drink. Yeah. I need to start reading the scripts beforehand. I actually did a little today. <laughs> <laughs> Just my part. Homework. <laughs> a little bit. Did you do your homework? No, we don't do homework anymore. Nicole doesn't do her homework. I never do my homework. All right, JL, what'd you bring? I found this on sale. From DeClaw Brewing Company. Sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Sweet baby Jesus. Chocolate peanut butter porter. It's a dark beer in honor of Tim Burton's darkness. Yep. 6.2 ABV. Open it up and all I smell is peanut butter. Really? Ooh, me too. I like peanut butter. Somebody else in this room does not like peanut butter. Please tell me it's Laura because she's my new favorite person to upset with these beers. <laughs> Chris, you've been replaced. <laughs> it's definitely Laura. <laughs> my palate has grown. It says a classic full-bodied robust porter with a smooth dry finish and just enough hops to balance aromas and flavors of roasted malt, chocolate, and peanut butter so rich that just one sip mm. and you will exclaim the name. Uh, Laura, are you exclaiming your name? I, just <laughs> how I like them. <laughs> <laughs> Who doesn't like it full-bodied and robust? <laughs> oh, mm. God. <laughs> Don't snort on snort the Snort right into the mic. <laughs> All right, well, let's get out our pens and papers and pencils and oh. protractors. We were not set up for quizzes. No, I always forget to set us up for quizzes. Ooh, I want ice cream with this beer. It would go good over ice cream. Yeah. There's a pen right here. You can also use the back of your script. Or you can just use a pencil. No. Pens and pencils. Yeah, I guess we'd figure it out. All right. I, right. I think I'm ready. This pop quiz is called The Soundtrack to This Quiz is by Danny Elfman. Okay. That seems about right. Or if you combine Sweeney Todd and Frankenweenie, you get Sweeney Weenie. <laughs> Five journal knowledge facts on Tim Burton in order of the easiest to the hardest to test your knowledge. Score one point for each correct answer. Question number one. Who does uh, Jack Skellington kidnap? Who does Jack Skellington kidnap? Do you want the accurate saying of it or do you want the movie saying of it? I don't know what you're talking about. All I know is Jack <laughs> Give Skellington. Give both just in case. 
Laura, somebody? this is your topic. You be that person. Give both answers. Okay. I, I only have one answer. Oh, uh, well, you're getting the movie accurate answer. That's what I, I think that's what I want. Okay. <laughs> Question number two. In Sleepy Hollow, Johnny Depp plays the main character, a New York City police constable. What's that character's name? Sleepy Hollow, based on a famous story. Does spelling count? Nope. No. Okay, good. <laughs> Never so, counts because nobody's reading it. It's oh, an okay. audio podcast. That's why when people point, when you guys point out the mistakes in the script, Nicole, nobody knows. <laughs> I mean, who does that, Nicole? <laughs> Question number three in James and the Giant Peach. I love, I love that, that movie. movie. Jinx. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I've seen that movie in 20 years. Spoon to the eye. It is very creepy when you watch it as that's an adult. Because movie. I watched it as a kid and I was like, this movie is cool. And like, there's that one scene that's like really creepy. But like watching as an adult, is Johnny it's Depp really in it? creepy. No. Is Helena Bar- Carter no, in it? It's no. a stop animation. Yeah, I know. No, they can no. do voices. Yeah, okay, Johnny Depp no. did Cor- Corpse Bride. Is okay, but no. Danny DeVito in it? No. no. Then it's not a real Burton yes, movie. Is. Yes. Okay. Danny DeVito's so in it. He plays the peach. <laughs> In James and the Giant Peach, we know you guys love it, the young boy escapes his cruel ants by entering a giant peach and becomes friends with bugs. Where do they go? Where are they traveling to? Oh, my God. You should not have a stumped look on your face. Oh, I didn't. I wrote the answer down already. Oh, no, I... This would be an easy one for me, actually. <laughs> I just have to think. It's okay. been a while. So you were just, you just had gas or something with yes. that? Okay. Sure. <laughs> it was the peanut butter beer. And question, uh, question number four, and in question number four, and during question number four, in Beetlejuice, the Maitlands die in a car accident on their way home. What state did they live in? You have a one in 50 shot. Awesome odds. Puerto Rico is not a state. Hint, Puerto Rico is not a state. Damn. (laughs) That's what I wrote. Now I got to scratch it out. (laughs) And question number five. Based on a true story, this movie is about 1960s painter Margaret Keene and her husband who claimed credit for her work. What is the name of the movie? It's a Tim Burton movie. Hint, it's a Tim Burton movie. Based on a true story, this movie is about 1960s (laughs) painter... You know my movie knowledge is not that great. You cannot be that surprised if I don't know it. Oh, I don't think I know it either, but I wrote okay. down a movie. Right. Hence, question number five. No. The hardest. Oh, yeah. I was like, don't give anybody hints. All right. He always gives hints. Question number one. Who does Jack Skellington kidnap? Uh, since you have 17 answers, Laura. <laughs> I'm going to only give you one, though. Sandy Claus. Jail. Santa. Santa Claus. Santa Claus is Mm -hmm. correct. Score a point. It's Sandy Claus. I know it's Sandy Claus. What was your other answer? Santa Claus. (laughs) Isn't that the same answer? No, because one one is Santa Claus and one is Sandy Claus. Claws, like, you know what lobsters have? Claws. <laughs> Question number two. <laughs> Sleepy Hollow. Johnny Depp plays the main character, a New York City police constable. What's the character's name, JL? Ichabod Crane. Nicole. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> I also wrote Ichabod Crane. The correct answer is not Edward Scissorhands or Ichabod Crane. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands? I just know that he played Edward Scissorhands and He's I couldn't. played everything. I know, for but I him. couldn't I couldn't think of the the actual person's name, so I just went with the funny Johnny Depp character. Alright, good was... job. You can you give yourself a fourth of a point. <laughs> In James and the Giant Peach, the young boy escapes his cruel ants by entering a giant peach and becomes friends with bugs. Giant Peach played by Danny DeVito. Where do they go, Nicole? New York City. Jail. Oz. Laura. New York City. Oddly enough, Oz is correct. No, it's Oz not. Oz is correct. No, it's not. It's New York City. Yeah. Uh, did you not see the prison Oz on HBO? It's in New York City, so technically I'm right. Get a rope. Uh, another fourth of a point, maybe. I'm giving myself a quarter of a point. <laughs> Question number four. In Beetlejuice, the Maitlands die in a car accident on their way home. What state do they live in? Laura. Okay, I have issues with this one. I know it's in New England. I went with Connecticut because I didn't remember. Mm, issues you do have. JL? Yes. I went with Maine. 
Mm, issues you have as well. <laughs> Pennsylvania. Oh, you are not correct. I'm... It's Connecticut. Oh, I was right. See, Good job. Up. I was oh, just see? stating that you had issues. <laughs> well, we all know that. <laughs> Question number five. Based on a true story, this movie is about 1960s painter Margaret Keene and her husband who claimed credit for her work. What is the name of the movie, Nicole? Frank and Weenie. <laughs> <laughs> It's actually Sweeney Weenie. <laughs> Jail. Big Eyes. Nicole, or uh, Nicole, too. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> Laura. I also put Big Eyes. The correct answer is Big Eyes. Good job. I'm used to having three or yeah, three guys and one woman on the show. You know, I didn't realize that, that was a Burton movie. Really? Yeah. Yes. It's a Burton movie. I've never seen it. Neither have I. Shocker. Well, yeah, you thought it was Frank and Weenie. Yes. No, but I just felt bad not putting an answer because Chris always yells that I don't put down an answer. Yes, you have to put down an answer. He has enough movies. You can put down any movie. I can't believe that. That's why I put down Frank and Weenie. Really? (laughs) That's the one you went with. That's the one I went with. You know, I really... That was a funnier answer. I really liked Sweeney Weenie. Edward Scissorhands was a funny answer, too. I thought Mars Attacks would have been a much better answer. Yeah, I don't know why there was no Mars Attacks in that whole quiz. That is very true. It's a five-question quiz. He I understand, but you what, could have eight, totally done movies? Mars Attacks over Big Eyes. I think Mars Attacks is probably more popular than Big Eyes. That's what I'm saying. It's question number five. It's the hardest Then Mars question. Attacks could have been question number four. Right. Nobody likes Mars Attacks. And then you could have put Connecticut as Danny question DeVito's number five. Danny DeVito's in it. He Jack Nicholson plays two roles. Yeah. Danny DeVito plays Mars. No. <laughs> oh, no. Without Mars Attacks, we don't get Jack Black. Was Jack Black in Mars Attacks? Yes. Yes, he was. I've seen it, but I, I fell asleep. He gets killed. He's not in a very He's long... He's Lucas Haas' brother and Joe Don Baker's son. Yes. Well, let's see what else, what other facts we can learn if Nicole about can Mars pick Attacks? up her script and then start us off. Because I think we can I'm do ready. a whole episode on Mars Attacks. I think so. Let's just talk Mars Attacks right now. Great movie. It is an awesome movie. All right. We'll, we'll do a Mars Attacks episode only for Patreon between you two. Okay. Dead silence. Nicole, start us off. Tim, We're very excited. Tim Burton, our namesake for the episode, was born August 25th, 1958 in Burbank, California. His mother was Jean Burton. Hi, Jean here. We owned a cat-themed gift shop. It was so cute. We sold porcelain kittens and stuffed kitties and kitty salt and pepper shakers and plastered on the side of each cat item was a sticker that said Burbank home of the future great director Tim Timmy Tim Tim Burton that's what I called him in front of his friends is that where they got it from in Muppet Treasure Island yes I'm not Jimmy Jim Jimmy Jim 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 he's Jimmy Jim Jim Jimmy Jim 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 which was also directed by Tim Burton yes little known fact was it really no such a jerk and they definitely got that. From this script, I wrote Monday. Tim Burton was just channeling his childhood. Oh, God. And that's where he went with that. He was like, I remember when my mother Jean called me Tim, Timmy, Tim, Tim, Tim Burton. In front of my friends. Yeah, all of his In front friends. of all my friends. Tim's dad, William, was a former minor league baseball player who was working for the Burbank Parks and Recreation Department. Hey, Bill here. It was a living. My boss at the Parks and Recs Department hated the government jail stop. So it was very iconic that he worked for the government. Ironic, actually, not iconic, because that doesn't make any sense. Also, you could get your shoes shined by Star-Lord for a nickel. Well, I wanted Timmy to go outside and play more. I wanted him to go out and play baseball, but instead he would go out and hang out at the cemetery. In his preteen years, Tim would practice making short films in his backyard. This would be crude stop motion, soundless movies shot on 8mm film. Tim recalls, I liked going to the drive-in and watch the monster movies. Some of the earliest movies I ever made were called The Island of Dr. Agor, Edward Tapefeet, and Grasshopper Milk. How did it get from Edward Tate Feet to Edward Scissorhands? This is early Tim Burton. Okay. Just... It was an eight millimeter stop motion. It wasn't until I was able to buy an actual pair of scissors that I realized the potential for Edward Scissorhands. This Wait. is a glass eye. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Burton went on to Providencia Elementary School and then Burbank High. He was not a particularly good student, but he played on the water polo team. I was pretty good. 
I made my own swim trunks out of paper mache and scotch tape. It seemed like a good idea at the time, but it was a bad idea. Burton found his pleasure was more into painting, drawing, and watching movies. His heroes were Dr. Seuss, Roald Dahl, Edgar Allan Poe, and Vincent Price. When I grew up, I wanted to be the actor who wore the Godzilla costume. That's actually true, and not a Chris made-up fact. (laughs) Although it sounds like I made that up. But it's true. It's true. I never made it, but I did get to be Gamera once. For Burton, drawing was a sanctuary, and in the ninth grade, his artwork adorned the garbage trucks of Burbank. He had won first prize for designing an anti-littering poster. Let me find that poster. (laughs) There it is. It's on the side of a garbage truck, Tim. you got to be fast when you're reading it. I've been trying to run after it. I'm not very bright and quick. (laughs) The poster said, Don't litter, or a giant sandworm will eat your head off. I went to Disney when I was 13 just to visit and ask what I would have to do to work there. They told me the standard stuff about going to school. I hated school. When he was 18, Burton had written and illustrated a children's book called The Great Zlig. 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 Okay. The Great Zlig was a huge, frightening blue monster who terrorized other creatures. He submitted it to Disney only to receive a very kind and encouraging rejection letter. Dear Timmy Tim Tim Tim, your mom says you like to be called that. My name is T. Jeanette Kroger, and I am an editor for the Walt Disney Productions. Here are some brief impressions of your book. The Giant Zlig. Number one. The story is simple enough for young audiences ages four to six. Cute and show, wait, hold on. I don't really know how to read my own work because I have my, um, you know, personal assistant write my letters, so give it me a second. It must be that chocolate peanut butter porter. It must be that I've only taken one sip of so far. Anyways, <laughs> the story is simple enough for a young audience ages four to six. It's cute. And it shows a grasp of language much better than I would expect from one of today's high school students. Burn. It may, however, be two big words that I don't know how to say. Derivative. All right. Of the Seuss works to be marketable. I just don't know. But I definitely enjoyed reading it. Number two, because that was a lot for number one. The art, considering that you suffer from a lack of proper tools and materials, is very good. Burn again. The characters are charming and imaginative and have sufficient variety to sustain interest. Your layout is also good. It shows good variety in point of view. Consequently, I not only enjoyed reading about the giant's leg, but I got a chuckle watching him too. I hope my comments please you, even the dig on high school students. Thank you for the opportunity to read the giant's leg. Keep up the good work and good luck. Next time, I should have a different assistant write that for me. Encouraged by his high school art teacher, Burton got an artistic scholarship to attend California Institute of the Arts, where he studied animation. While I was at CalArts, I made a movie I called Stock of the Celery Monster. (laughs) Get it? Stock. (laughs) Celery. Well, (laughs) Mom thought it was funny. I sure did, Timmy Tim Tim Tim. I didn't. Thank you, Mother. I don't get it. She even made a sticker for the cat shakers about it. Anyway, it was about a creepy dentist named Dr. Maxwell Payne, who does bloody experiments on his patients. He tries it on a woman, and after that, the celery monster shows up. Okay. <laughs> it's intense. It is very intense. It sounds were they it. camping? No. Oh. They were at the dentist. I, then how is it intense? Have you not seen Little Shop of Horrors? <laughs> I have. I it's got Steve good. Martin to play the dentist. Well, that's because he is a dentist. That's right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Most of the film was lost, but parts of it resurfaced on Spanish television and YouTube. Um, Tim, I don't think Little Shop of Horrors is one of your movies. It's not, but I loved Steve Martin as the dentist. Especially (laughs) when he jumped off the motorcycle and it just stopped. Okay, I just want to make sure. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to typecast him as a dentist forever. Okay. But it didn't work. (laughs) He was going to be my original Johnny Depp. I didn't want you to take credit for something you didn't do (laughs) oh no i wasn't what i feel really good about really happy about is that i did not go to film school i went to cal arts and went through animation where i got a very solid education you learn design you draw your own characters your own backgrounds your own scenes you cut it you shoot it you learn the storyboarding process it's everything without the bull of film school the competition the feeling like you're already in the industry 
you don't get a chance to create. Stock of the Celery Monster attracted the attention of Walt Disney Productions Animation Division. They offered Burton an animator's apprenticeship. Apprenticeship. Yes. That too. Yeah. I worked as an animator, storyboard artist, graphic designer, art director, and concept artist on such films as The Fox and the Hound, Tron, and The Black Cauldron. Burton was not happy about working on a typical Disney animated feature like The Fox and the Hound. I made it more depressing than what it should have been. (laughs) He was teamed with veteran animator Glenn Keane. Glenn recalls... Burton was a good kid, a good strange kid. I was good to him. He couldn't draw in the Disney style, however. It was those damn four-legged Disney foxes. He just couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. He couldn't even fake the Disney style. His looked like road kills. That was because mostly I would sit on the side of the road and draw road kills. <laughs> oh, God. Disney assigned Burton to drawing the distance. They have shots. a lot of layers, and you see them as they're on the side of the road. Yes, I believe that. <laughs> Disney Like an onion. Like yes. ogres? <laughs> oh, there was an odor. Not an ogre. There was an odor with the roadkill. Disney signed Burton to drawing the distance shots where his lack of ability in approved Disney-style drawing would be less noticeable. I worked on the Fox and a Hound for about a year, but I just couldn't do it. CalArts had sort of a program training people for Disney, but I couldn't get the style. It was too soft for me. I tried very hard, but it was so weird. At Disney, I almost went insane. I really did. I was just not Disney material. I could just not draw cute foxes for the life of me. I couldn't do it. I tried. I tried and tried. (sighs) The unholy alliance of animation is you are called upon to be an artist, but on the other hand, you are called upon to be a zombie factory worker. And for me, I could not integrate the two. It took them five or six years to make a movie. Do you want to spend five or six years of your life working on the fox and the hound? No. There's a soul-searching moment that when that answer becomes pretty clear. I don't mind spending five or six years drawing foxes. It helps to draw them alive, by the way, not as roadkill. Which is what I wanted the movie to end as, roadkill. <laughs> Burton's behavior on the job was odd. He would sleep ten hours at home and then another four at work. He would sleep sitting up straight in his chair with his pencil ready to move if anyone came in. It was a sign of depression. Because it was depression. Co-workers oh, would... my poor Timmy, Tim, Tim, Tim. <laughs> Co-workers would find him hiding in a closet or under his desk. Disney decided to make him a concept artist instead and team him with another young animator, Andreas Deja. We're doing this movie, The Black Cauldron. So I just sat in a room for a year and came up with ideas and stuff. Just drew any idea I wanted to. And it was great. It was like weird characters, weird props, weird furniture, weird food, you know, weird stuff. But at some point, I realized they had no intention of using any of it. It was all very pleasant, all very nice. Everyone's smiling and being very supportive. But it's like you realize early on that it's like a vacuum, a black hole. I just wanted to get out. The talent was there, but they didn't have the foresight to see that people have a sense of quality and would respond to it. Deja recalls something a little bit different. It was not really a collaboration between myself and Burton. Our styles were different. Our personalities were very different. Our hairdos were super different. For one, I combed my hair. My designs made it into the final film, by the way, but none of Tim's did, which is a shame because everyone knows that The Black Cauldron was the greatest Disney movie ever made. Fight me on it. Even better than Robin Hood? Fight me. Fight me on it. Black Cauldron. Great Mouse Detective. Fight me. Frank and Weenie. Fight me. No, nobody's lurching across the table. Okay. All of Burton's work is owned by the Disney studio. So we will probably never get to see it. For example, Burton created a creature that is four distinctive animals when it is frightened. His work for the project was typical Burton. Dark. On a brighter note, Burton's work caught the attention of Julie Hickson. Oh my goodness, his work caught my attention. I was a producer. It also caught the attention of the head creative department, Tom, whatever his last name is. Oh, who really Tom cares? Wilhite was good to us. Was he good? Okay, well, whatever his name is, doesn't matter. I called him Tom. Anyways, it also caught the attention of several psychologists and police serial killer analysis. Damn. Wilhite secured $60,000 so that Burton could develop his children's book that he had been working on about a boy who wanted to grow up and be Vincent Price. It only took three years to stop drawing foxes and cauldrons. 
I was going to make a stop motion short that I called Vincent. Burton was able to secure the services of Vincent Price himself as the film's narrator. Price said, I love the poem and I understand what Burton wanted to accomplish. That's my Vincent Price. Stop laughing, jail. But then again, it was all about me and I love me, even dead me. Oh, God. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, what? That's exactly how he said <laughs> it. It is, actually. I and I was that. waiting for Thriller to start right after. <laughs> <laughs> Burton's next project was a short film for the Disney Channel, Hansel and Gretel. This one was done with an all-Japanese cast. Hansel and Gretel was shown only once on Halloween night in 1983 and has never been reissued. I made the children's father a toy maker, so I had fun creating unusual toys. Then I worked on the film, Toys, with Robin Williams and L.O. Cool J. So there was a cool toy vibe going on for a bit. Or you could say, L.O. Cool Toy vibe. Or you could not say that. I prefer you say it. I think it's funny. <laughs> Probably better not to say it. <laughs> Before he left Disney in 1984, Burton also directed a 30-minute black-and-white live-action short titled Frankenweenie. Sweeney-weenie. It was a twist on the classic Frankenstein horror film where a young boy harnesses the power of science to resurrect his dead dog, Sparky. Disney immediately fired the director for wasting their money on a kid's film that was too scary. No one said you're fired. I didn't quite get it that strong. It was more of a thank you very much, but you go your way and we'll go your way kind of thing. So I Fleetwood Mac'd my way out. <laughs> The company was... I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> the company was still pretty conservative, releasing very child-friendly films right up until the mid-80s. Burton's style was never going to suit the corporate bigwigs facing financial trouble. <laughs> Pee-wee Herman here. I saw Frankenweenie, and I knew that Tim Burton would be the right man to direct me in my first length feature film. <laughs> Pee-wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> The film was a success and Burton became in demand. But not only was it Tim Burton's first big movie, it was also Danny Elfman's. Elfman wasn't scoring films yet and had only worked on one, a film called Forbidden Zone. After meeting with Burton and Rubens, Elfman went to work. I did a demo on a four-track tape player playing all the parts I made, a cassette, and sent it to him and never expected to hear from him again. But that piece of music became the main title of Pee-wee's Big Adventure and it got me the job. I was really shocked. I mean, I knew, I mean, I don't know how to read. I mean, they knew I wrote. <laughs> Apparently nobody does tonight. I mean, they knew I wrote and performed Dead Man's Party. Dead Man's Party. And they still hired me anyway. Oingo Boingo is verily underappreciated. Very underappreciated. You know who hates Oingo Boingo I found out tonight? Danny Elfman. Danny yes. Elfman hates Oingo Boingo. How is that possible? You know, they're one of my favorite parts of watching Back to School is when they perform Dead Man's Party at yeah. the, in the dorm party scene. He hates Oingo Boingo. I know, but he did so well in there and... I don't get it. I don't either. It was, of course, the beginning of a long-time partnership and friendship. For the next three years, Burton made no more films until he was presented with the script for Beetlejuice. The script was really wild. It wasn't really about anything, but was filled with such artistic and quirky opportunities. I couldn't say no. I mean, I could have said no. I knew how to say no. I just chose not to say no. <laughs> Beetlejuice was another big hit, and Burton's name in Hollywood was solidified. It was also his first film with actor Michael Keaton. Warner Brothers then entrusted him with Batman, a film based immensely po on the immensely popular comic book series of the same name. I never heard of it. Yeah, it's it, it maybe once, but it's nothing important, I bet. It starred Michael Keaton and Jack Nicholson and has been Burton's biggest box office hit to date. Due to the fantastic success of the first three films, he was given the green light to make his next film, any kind of film he wanted. I originally wanted to make this film called Three Ham Sandwiches in Love, but instead I made Edward Scissorhands. This was my first film with Johnny Depp and was probably going to be my last. I still think it's probably my last. <laughs> I probably will never work with Johnny Depp again. 
Burton's next film was Batman Returns and was darker and quirkier than the first one. And while by no means a financial flop, many people felt somewhat disappointed by it. Burton started to revisit another poem story about a Halloween land. The Nightmare Before Christmas was something Burton had proposed to Disney in the early 1980s as a 30-minute television holiday special. I suggested perhaps narrated by Vincent Price. And I suggested that as well. But then again, it was all about me. And I love me. Even still dead me. Oh, my God. I decided, you know, I dead for many years. (laughs) I decided to write and produce The Nightmare Before Christmas and to have my friend, fellow Disney maverick, Henry Selleck, direct it. I'm very happy with the way it worked out. I didn't have the patience for this type of stop-motion animation. It is difficult because it takes so long. What keeps you going is the energizing feeling you get when each of those shots come through. With the attention for the film and Burton's popularity, the Disney company looked at possible ways to integrate Burton into the Disney theme park. In 1996, Imagineer Chris Merritt submitted a proposal for a traditional Disney dark ride that was inspired by Nightmare. Chris said, Visitors would enter through the tree portal to Halloween Town and board a coffin sleigh for a trip that would make them through the land of Halloween, into the professor's laboratory and through Oogie Boogie's lair, resulting in a whirlwind trip through a familiar snow-covered graveyard where Jack finally gets his girl before the sleighs return to the world of the living. You know, like a nightmare small world ride. I would actually ride that over and over and over again. You just want to go see Oogie Boogie. I love Oogie Boogie. He's my favorite. (laughs) Well, that concept never got off the drawing board. Another one about combining... Uh, another one about combining the Haunted Mansion with Nightmare took almost three years to get approval. But on October 3rd, 2001, Haunted Mansion Holiday opened and quickly became popular with many guests. For his next project, Burton reunited with Johnny Depp on the film Edwood. It was showered with critical acclaim. Martin Landau won an Academy Award for his performance in it, and it is very popular now, but flopped during its initial release. I made Mars Attacks after that with Jack Nicholson in dual roles. Glenn Close as the First Lady. Pierce Brosnan smoking a pipe through most of it and being on a chihuahua. (laughs) And Michael J. Fox playing a crappy journalist. And it received mediocre reviews and wasn't immensely popular at the box office either. I don't know why, but... JL and Laura love it, and so do I. Hey, Tim, do you remember it was when Blockbuster used to have their award show, and it was the Blockbuster Movie Awards? I and do. the Mars Attack Aliens did not win Best Villains, so they blew up the award show? I do remember that. That was like the best award show ever. And I would like to say that the did best... Did you just Chris Farley, Tim Burton? You surely did. You well, just Chris okay. Farley, Tim Burton. Hey, whatever. Yeah. I just want you to know. I think the greatest performance in that entire movie was done by Tom Jones. Oh, yes. Yes. I also remember if you went to see it opening day, they gave you a magnet of Mars Attacks. It was a great promotion, and everybody should have a magnet for Mars Attacks. But I don't have one. I do, because I'm Tim Burton. (laughs) Well, that's good. You almost slipped into Donald Trump there. No, I didn't, because I'm better. (laughs) Burton returned to his darker and more artistic form with the film Sleepy Hollow, and then made Planet of the Apes. It was on this movie that Burton met Helena Bonham Carter, with whom he had two children. Eventually, after 13 years and six films together, they would end up splitting. Helena says, We will always have something special together. Sometimes you're not meant to be together forever. Sometimes you have to come to terms with the fact that... But Rick Astley said we were supposed to be together forever. Sometimes, Tim. Timmy Tum-Tum. <laughs> together forever and ever then end. You just got rickrolled. <laughs> I miss you, Helena. And our rickrolling. <laughs> Never going to give now you Now I don't up. even know where I am. This you is gave why each you each other children. No, he's you so silly. Children. This is why we couldn't work out. I don't know what I'm reading now. I'm you never going to give you up. I gave him children. And a lot more. And a lot more. Else. But sometimes you have to come to terms with the fact that that was it. But that was a gift, a massive gift. We each gave you... No, I'm giving him children here, not back there. Okay. <laughs> oh, I gave, gave him some children. children and keep going. <laughs> Like it's that easy. (laughs) Listen, there was two of them. It was great. The memories. By the way, there was a rumor that we didn't live together. And I want to stop that rumor right here because we did live together. And that was just a load of myth if you think we didn't. Well, actually, we lived in adjoining houses. You see, my house looks like something out of 
you know, like a fairy garden, and it's beautiful and it's lovely. But over it's at like his arguing house, over the top bunk or Beatrix Potter. Listen, I had the top him, bunk. She had the bottom bunk. Your house, I just, I couldn't even, I couldn't even go there. There was slime balls and dead Oompa Loompas laying around, and skeletons and weird alien lights. That's not quite true. They were not really dead Oompa Loompas. They were faked dead Oompa Loompas. Oh my goodness, it doesn't matter. Fake or real dead Oompa Loompas is something to leave not sitting in the middle of your living room. In 2006, Burton got a chance to direct a musical. He had gone... Two weeks. 
Burton originally suggested that original Rat Pack member Sammy Davis Jr. take on the evil title role, a decision that he relented after David Geffen suggested Michael Keaton instead. For Beetlejuice. I Thank you. That word was left out. Yes, it was. I was going to ask you for what role? <laughs> Beetlejuice. Whoops. That fishbowl fact is coming it's later. Showtime. <laughs> it's a mystery fact. <laughs> it's a brand new segment. Mystery facts. <laughs> Tim Burton makes a cameo in Pee-wee's Big Adventure in the rainy alley as the gang leader that tries to attack Pee-wee. Fishbowl facts. Fishbowl. The organizers of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade asked him to design his own balloon for the festivities. He created a character called B-Boy that was created from old balloons used by children at a London hospital and forced to live in the basement. Babadook. It's not always the Babadook. If it's in the basement. <laughs> hey, I'm surprised Laura made it through Babadook. Me too. <laughs> Me too, but apparently it's had a profound effect on her because she references it every chance she can get. I, anytime you talk about a basement, that's why I can't go to Ohio. There are two creatures that Laura's afraid of in the middle of the night. One is the Babadook. <laughs> Definitely, I don't even have a basement. The other is Lotion Man. <laughs> oh, shut up. What the heck is that? Lotion Seriously? Man? Oh my gosh. I feel like... Scary. I feel like this is something... Are you a bottle of lotion <laughs> that a nightlight reflected on the wall. It made it look like a man was standing there. <laughs> it looked like <laughs> there was a man standing there. Listen, in my defense, it was I was postpartum. Like Jocelyn was like three months old. This I was, was crazy. Last week he told me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh my god, there's a man in the bedroom. I mean, when you think about it, I can see it because that yes. is almost like the Baba Duke, like the big hunched over shoulders. Yes, great. Yeah, you told us about this last week <laughs> when the episode didn't did. record. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was supposed to keep that hush. I'll, I'll edit all that out. I'll edit that out. Sure, you will. Whatever. Anyways, that's, I can't go to your mom's house in Ohio because she has a basement. Calm it down, Baba Duke. What's the next fishbowl fact? No, I'm not going to tell you now. You'll never know. I want to know. You'll never know that versions of Jack Skellington can be spotted in cameos in Beetlejuice, James and the Giant Peach, Alice in Wonderland, Coraline, Vincent, and Sleepy Hollow. Wow. That's amazing since Coraline was done by Guillermo del Toro. It also was not done by Guillermo del Toro. But it also was not done by Tim Burton. No. I believe Coraline is Guillermo del Toro. I don't think so. It's not. It's not? Are you it's sure? It's the guy who did Nightmare for Her. It's Henry Selleck. Selleck. It's Tom Selleck's sure? brother. Tom Selleck's brother. I don't believe that's Tom Selleck's brother at all. There's no <laughs> way that's Magnum P.I.'s brother. Uh, del Toro may have produced it. He might have. But uh, Henry's, uh, Henry Selleck directed it. Hmm. Did you know as an actor, Burton has appeared in singles? Hoffa as a dead body. And as an alien in Men in Black 3. Oh. I did know that. He had no makeup applied for Men in Black 3, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And neither did Michael Jackson when he did his cameo in Men in Black. What was that, two? Men in Black 2? One. No. Michael Jackson was in Men in Black? Yes. He was in Men in Black 2. Are you sure? I can be Agent M. I could be Agent M. It was one. I think it was was the first Men in Black. Really? Yes. Oh, okay. No, everybody else is going to know better than I am. I just remember seeing Men in Black 2. Yeah, I'm going to trust you on movies right now. No, I'm just saying, I know I saw Men in Black 2 more times than I saw Men in Black 1, and I remember seeing him in... I try not to remember Men in Black It's when he was doing the tour in MIB headquarters. Well, there was a rapper in Men in Black 2. No, but that was when he was showing... Bismarcky. It was Bismarcky. He was showing around uh, yeah, that's when he the first... other guy after he had lost his memory. He was like taking him to tour around the place. No, because he, he was, Michael Jackson was talking to, um, who who was, um, oh, the, the director was... guy. Yeah. The okay. old white guy. Yeah. He was him. Okay, why don't you save it for the Michael Jackson episode? Okay. We're having one of those? We could. We could. Hee-hee. Oh. Hee-hee. Oh, God. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, 20th Century Fox, wanted Burton to cast either Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, or Michael Jackson. Okay. Hey. <laughs> that worked Michael out. Michael Jackson. And to finish it off, Burton <laughs> recently admitted to the New York Times that even he doesn't understand the ending to his version of Planet of the Apes. I just don't understand his version of Planet of the Apes. I like Mark Wahlberg, so I was disappointed. Yeah, he really, you know, played Marky Mark in the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what he does what in he everything. Does, but I, I like Marky Mark. 
I actually, did you feel the vibrations? I did. I wish she was in his underwear the entire time. What kind I of actually, underwear? Hey, wait. I watched the interview so with Helena Bone Carter about Planet of the Apes, and she said that before she even initially met Tim Burton, he called her and said that when he was going to do Planet of the Apes, that she was the only one he could see playing an ape. Oh. And she took that as a compliment. <laughs> That's how I picked you up. Oh, well, I'm just going to cut in there and <laughs> confirm that Michael Jackson was indeed a Men in Black 2 and not Men in Black 1. Uh, did you whatever. just IMDB us while I we were doing Googled it? it. So, uh, Biz yes. Marquis and Michael Jackson were in Men in Black 2. Because he's got what you need. Or was Biz Marquis in Men in Black 3? I don't know. I try not to remember this. It's sequel. whichever one that he had to go and get Agent K back. It's yes. the one Biz, Mar- Biz Marquis is in. That's 2, That's then, two. I think. No, then wasn't yes. that 3? No. Three just came out. Three came out like nine years ago. Yeah, and it's been a long time. Yeah. And that was the one where Didn't he went they back just in come time. Out with one? No. No, they're coming out with a new one with Arc- Thor and. Got it. That's different. It was when he was at the post office. Yes, that was two. Agent K was at the yeah, post office. Yeah, that was two. I never saw that him in two. Black Three. Okay. I didn't either. Three was the back in time one. I heard three wasn't that bad. It was okay. One's the best. Well, let's uh, let's get to the beer. Yeah. Beer! Um, Dewclaw, Sweet Baby Jesus, Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. Yes. So I know this was a hit with Laura. Why don't you start us off? I hated it. Oh. What? That's such a strong word. I Well, it's that's my strong feeling of it. I did not enjoy this beer at all. So if anybody would like another one, I've taken two sips and it's over here. <laughs> Nicole, we usually give those to you. It's fine. Well, what would you rate this based on our rating system, which is what? What is the rating system, Laura? Um, it is one to six. Why is Why? that? Because how many you could drink out of a six pack. Does it make sense to you? Yes, it makes sense to me because I am not an overanalyst person. Anyways, I am going to rate it not even a one. Okay. So are you going zero? I'm going zero. Okay. Nicole? I liked it, um, I, but it didn't hit quite as home as I would have liked it to. I thought it was good flavor, but it's still kind of missing something. Ice so, cream. Maybe. Um, I, I smell the peanut butter more than I taste it, which I think is one of the issues that I have. So I am going to give it a two and a half. I just feel like it could have been better and it did not deliver okay. to the expectations that I had. Well, I feel that Porters and stouts definitely need some sort of flavor enhancement in order to be drunk personally. Um, When I first opened it and drank it, I thought it was really good. Um, Didn't taste any chocolate at all. Tasted a lot of peanut butter. Then I sneezed. (laughs) I have been holding that in the whole show, just so you know. That's amazing. Yeah. And then the more you got to the bottom of the of the bottle it just kind of blended into a mess of blah like a I would like want to comb my tongue <laughs> so I'm also going with a two okay JL all right brewmaster I opened it I smelled peanut butter mm-hmm. I got very excited I tasted it there was no peanut butter I got more of the chocolate there and it just felt very flat mm-hmm. it to me the taste everything like you got hit with the aroma and then the taste fell flat mm-hmm Overall, I felt it was a very underwhelming beer. Good at points. I would go in the middle and give it a solid three. Yeah. It has an, a nut aftertaste. There's, you know, if you, yeah, if you like take you a get sip, you a little taste... bit, but you really get more of like the chocolate notes yeah, as you're drinking absolutely. it. The, the peanut butter is in the aroma. Yeah. And I, I just, I feel there should be more of it in the flavor and not just in the aroma. Yep. I agree. I find it to be a weak porter. Just based upon that, but overall... It can't carry a lot of baggages? No, it cannot. It cannot carry a lot of baggages. <laughs> I find... <laughs> I find that as much as I'm saying it, this would go really well with ice cream. Like, it would make a good float. Yeah, we did that once before. We did. And I think that this is one of those beers that I would sneeze with and make a float with. <laughs> All right, well, not a whole lot of praise for Sweet Baby Jesus. Sorry, you fell flat. Sorry, Sweet Baby Jesus. It's probably because he wasn't wearing his golden diapers. Wrapped up in his swaddling clothes, (laughs) all up in his manger. (laughs) All right, well, we got some uh, listener comments on Tim Burton. Yeah? Yep. Cool. 
So hold on a second. Talks amongst yourselves. No, actually, we'll do. I'll do Sue's comment first because uh, she didn't want to call in, but she left some comments on the Facebook post. Okay. She says, "I love him. I love his movies, his art, and his way of thinking. I saw his art exhibit when he when it was in New York. I also love Helena Bonham yep. Carter." <laughs> I like to say Helena and it drives Laura crazy. <laughs> there are two of my favorite people. I am currently making my small dining room into a Tim Burton-esque type room. Adding to that, I love his poetry and characters like Voodoo Girl, Stain Boy, etc. I almost got a Voodoo Girl tattoo. My girls actually had the set of figures of all these characters when they were in high school. I also love the realistic relationship he had with Helena, living in the separate adjacent houses. Genius. I respect both of them for living outside of the norm. As Tim said, one person's craziness is another person's reality. OMG. And the creative relationship between him and Danny Elfman put Tim Burton, Helena Bonham Carter, Helena Helena Bonham Carter, and Danny Elfman (laughs) in a room, and I am just done. Whatever they collaborate on, I want to see. And then she later sent, I don't know if you know, but Beetlejuice the Musical is starting previews in March in New York. I'm going to see it in April. And the Beetle House Bar in New York is great. It is a small, intimate Burton theme featuring fan-based artwork and themed drinks such as the Big Fish Bowl. Employees dress in Tim Burton character attire as well. One of the reasons I really want to go to New York. That sounds cool. Do they serve beetles? Do they serve fishbowl facts? I bet they don't. <laughs> Good. Do they oh, serve beetles or fishbowl facts? Do they serve sweet baby Both. Jesus? I really hope not. <laughs> if I do, I would order something else. All right. Now we got three callers as well. Yay. Um, this is Trisha. She's on the Two Girls on a Bench podcast, which is part of the Podfix Network. Which we are a part of. Hey, this is Trisha from Two Girls on a Bench. I'm calling for Chris from Podcast 42. Not the other Chris's in the Podfix Network. There are a lot. Just saying. Anyways, uh, Pod Chris, we wanted to call about the Tim Burton uh, comment on Facebook, what we think about Tim Burton movies. And I just want to say that I would like his movies more if Johnny Depp was in all of them. Wait a minute. What? That's Tim... Oh, I'm sorry. I I was confused. Um, Okay, we'll have to catch you later. Go pod, Chris. So what uh, Trish is referring to there is that uh, on her show, she um, they have a conspiracy where they think there's a conspiracy with the Podfix Network because there's Chris on Gravity Beard, there's Chris on Podcast Forty Two, there's Chris on A Dash of Science, and there's Chris on More Gooder Than. So how many podcasts are you on? <laughs> no, those are all different Chris's. I don't believe that. And I thought... And Chris I trust, so there can only be one. Well, I don't... You're know like a Highlander. <laughs> I don't know if he was joking, but Chris on More Gooder Than said there's two more shows coming, and they both have Chris's in them. Oh, yeah, that's exciting. You went and did another show and didn't tell us. Well, yeah, I got a Moonlight. So she was confused... And talking about something that another Chris was talking, because she said she was confused, and that made me confused because no, I there's more than one Chris, and she's making a Chris. joke about Johnny Depp being in Got it. just about every Tim Burton. Movie. Just like there's a Chris in every single podcast <laughs> on the Podfix Network. Got it. Okay. They call it the Pod Chris Network. Ah. I can see that. I, I I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm sure of you are, you Chris, because <laughs> it's all about you. It is. That's what you and It's all about me. <laughs> Other than the dead thing. <laughs> All right. Well, we got two more calls. Um, this one, I think his name. He said his name was Mark. I was gonna say something if his name was Chris. No, his name's not Chris. Chris's don't call in. They just they they start their own shows. Now I thought Gravity Beard called in. He does. Yeah. 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 I like how we don't even like it. We're just going to call him Gravity Beard Chris. It's like, <laughs> well, I can't see. There's too many Chris's. Well, I, have, he, I have a hard time talking great. at Podcast work. Podcast 42 Chris. More gooder than Chris. <laughs> Gravity Beard Chris. There can be only one Chris. Well, Gravity Beard Chris actually goes by Toph. Yeah. 
Christopher. Yes, so, got, so it. got it. That makes okay. sense. See. Okay. Like yeah. Topher. I'm confused. And more gooder than we just usually uh, call him by his last name, Bradenton. Okay. So there's some Never heard that. differentiating. Yeah. And Chris on Dash of Science, he has a really long nickname on Facebook. Christopher? So you're just saying Chris? <laughs> I'm just, I'm Vincent Price Chris. <laughs> it's all about me. Alright, here's the next caller. Hey, this is Bruder calling about Tim Burton. I actually prefer Richard Burton, but I made it halfway through Edward Scissorhands. I don't really like your show. I prefer shows like Gravity Beard and Two Girls on a Bench. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Bruder, not Mark. My, my bad. That's okay. I was expecting to hear somebody who likes our show, That's and I fine. was disappointed I almost, by hearing somebody who doesn't like our show, <laughs> and there's no problem calling about it every week, every <laughs> But week. I almost spit out my drink because I wasn't expecting Bruder. My you favorite. never expect the Bruder. <laughs> no, he's my favorite. <laughs> he hates us. I love Bruder. But he likes that gravity beard. I don't know every why time. they do better than we do, but... He loves gravity. They beer. have Toph instead of Chris. They do on the Pod Chris Network. <laughs> so speaking of the Pod Chris Network, where can you find us? What's the details? Uh, well, we are on the Podfix Network, as we have been talking about. So if you look them up on Facebook, you'll find us and a bunch of other amazing podcasts to listen to. As we said, Two Girls on a Bench, um, Gravity Beard, and More Gooder Than, and... Dash of science. Yeah, there's a science. <laughs> I shake my head. There's a ton. Back and forth. Inception's <laughs> film. Uh-oh. Super Movie Brothers. Weird with do, you. Do, 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 there's do, a bunch of them. Do. A lot. Um, if you would like to be a caller like Bruder and what was the girl's name? I'm sorry. Trisha. Trisha. Uh, the phone number to call for future episodes and future topics is 813 nine seven one seven so you can leave us voicemail even if you just want to call and say hi say you love our show or you hate our show like bruder does you know just <laughs> that's our phone number eight one three seven zero eight nine seven one seven uh you can find us and listen to us anywhere you find podcasts we specifically would appreciate if you listen on spreaker because spreaker pays us a very little amount but some amount which helps pay for the beer every week i think jl maybe possibly Eh. I'm still waiting. Okay. Well, we just need more of you to listen to us on Spreaker then if you don't mind. Maybe I just drink too much. But if you want to find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Stitcher, all those, that's fine too. Just as long as you listen, we appreciate the patronage. Um, you can find us on Patreon if you like some exclusive content. Funny sound checks, let me tell you. They have a lot of me sounding Nicole. really bitter and <laughs> annoyed because my sound never seems to work. So go to our Patreon. You'll get some scripts, some sound checks, you know, some fun extra microphone. bonus stuff. I do. I just do really long sound checks when everybody just wants me to say, Mike, Mike check, check blue. blue. Yes. It's not enough to check the sound. I promise. Yeah, because you end up fading. Uh, sure. Because we turn off your mic. <laughs> <laughs> you can email us if you don't want to leave a voicemail. Our email address is podcast42show at gmail.com. Make sure to use the numbers 42 anytime you look up podcast 42 for And, of course, uh, join our Facebook group, the official Podcast 42 Show Facebook group. We ask how you find us when you uh, request to join the group, but we accept everybody and we post lots of funny memes and topics of conversation about lots of pop culture stuff. We're always looking for ideas for future episodes. Um, The next one we record is actually a request topic. I don't know if you want to say what it is. Yeah, we're going to dare to be stupid. Dare to be stupid. Which is Weird Al. um, So that was a listener request. So if you have requests, that's where you're going to find us. Or you could email us. Or you could call us. Now that's actually my head stuck for... It's going to be there for a whole week. Perfect. So you'll be ready by next week. her obscure Weird Al lyric. Go ahead. (laughs) No, I don't have to do it now. I can wait until next week. That snorkel's been just like a snorkel to me. There you go. Yeah, it makes me happy. I can't wait to find out about that. (laughs) (laughs) So we did that. Phone number, Podfix Network, available on all the stuff, email, Facebook group. Anything else I missed? We're done. We're done.
because it's all about me. And who are you? I'm Christopher DeVos. I'm Nicole Fasone. JL Trost. I'm Laura. Bye. 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 All celebrity voices have been impersonated poorly. All conversations may or may not be 100% accurate as well. We have attempted to provide you with the facts as best to our knowledge with the help of a case of fear, some old man that tells stories down by the river, Wikipedia, and old homemade YouTube documentaries. Do not use anything you heard in this show to write a book report with. You will get a bad grade. A really 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 bad grade. Just like all of our hosts did when they were in school. Music was provided by Kramo. You can find more of his tunes at Kramo.com. This has been a Podcast 42 production. Tim obviously have this insanely intimate relationship where you've been working with one another for what the last 15 films uh, Miss Peregrine 16, 16 with Miss Peregrine right no no 16 with big eyes 16 yeah. with big eyes of course so so that, um, what sustains that relationship do you think what is it I don't know it's like I've been asked that over the years and honestly I have no answer I think directors uh, sometimes find composers. Uh, there's many famous relationships, you know, obviously Spielberg and John Williams and Robert Zemeckis and Alan Silvestri and Carter Burwell and the Coen brothers that have lasted many years. And I, I could only imagine that they find some similar aesthetic base, something that makes them, the, the director feels comfortable going back to that composer over and over again. But um, I'm not a director, so I really couldn't tell you why they come back. It must. Be, I mean, you've got a friendship now, though. I mean, you obviously that you can't not have over the, the years. I mean, you must confide in one another. Do you do that? No, I wouldn't say we confide in one another. I mean, we're we both. It's it's very much like uh, like a sibling in a way. I almost feel like he's a, a second brother. Um, but we don't hang out and confide deep dark secrets or anything. So. <laughs> not like that. But I can imagine though if you did have deep dark secrets one can only imagine what they would be given the, the fantastical realm that you both inhabit. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if anybody would want to be in on those deep dark secrets honestly. <laughs> um, well I mean you know there, it's fascinating there was only one real departure I guess or, or two obviously Sweeney Todd you didn't collaborate with Edward as well people sort of make a thing about Edward that you didn't collaborate on that and yeah. you know you talked a little bit about it before so what happened what was it about that time that you, you had a falling out? Yeah, I mean, I think it's inevitable that over a quarter of a century, two personalities like us, you know, and I can't pretend that I'm not volatile and, and was more so then. Um, there's got to be some kind of explosion or implosion. And we used to joke uh, that we'd end up like Bernard Herrmann and Alfred Hitchcock, who famously had a great relationship that, in fact, exploded and they never spoke to each other again. And then it actually happened. But it was in the middle of a very intense period. Um, I just finished uh, Nightmare Before Christmas, which was a two and a half year project, in the middle of which I did Batman Returns. And um, uh, I was used to being on a film for three months, not two years plus. And so it was kind of a unique situation. And I think things came to a boil. But 
uh, I feel lucky because a year after that, I felt terrible. I felt really felt like I had a, like I said, like a, like I lost the sibling, and um, and I'm fortunate that um, he obviously didn't feel good about it either. So I got a call one day. It's like, would Danny ever talk to Tim again? And I was like. I was on a plane the next day for Kansas City, meeting a coffee shop uh, where he was shooting Mars Attacks. And we just got together and said, let's just never speak of it. Like it good, we never will, and we never have. And uh, everything's been lovely since then. Wow, it really is like brothers. You just managed to bury the hatchet like that. Yeah, well, sometimes, you know, what I learned is that sometimes things seem really big at the moment, but if you don't take the time to pull back and look at it in a bigger perspective, um, you can let it get the best of you. Mm -hmm. And uh, now when I feel myself getting that way, and this is just as we grow and get older and learn, I try to go, okay, how does it look from here? But how does it look from here? And how does it look from here? And then maybe it's like, well, you know what? That doesn't actually look that big from this distance. And maybe I should just like calm down and, and, and deal with it better.